0: Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style Here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Alongside the young boy Josh Smith We want to thank you for downloading And listening to another week Of Keeping It Strong Style Josh, the numbers don't lie (laughs) And Keeping It Strong Style Is getting over Regionally (laughs) Uh Regionally, no. We're no, we're internationally. getting nationally, we, international. We're international, man. You look at the uh, some of the. We got
1: people listening from overseas and everything. It's We crazy. do,
0: man. It's crazy. The whole Social Suplex podcast network is growing. All the shows
1: are getting decent numbers. We're getting international audiences. I mean, we're going to talk about, uh, obviously today we're going to talk about Mania, but uh, we were sitting in our, in my living room in Strong Style, what is the name of it? Uh, Strong Style Studios. Is it Strong Style Studios oh. or Strong Style Central? What is it? Strong Style Studios. I want to call it the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> Strong Style Dojo. Yo, but uh, we're like, life is so weird. We're watching a bunch of Mexican wrestlers from this part of the world wrestle in Japan on tape delay in America, and then, like, messaging our friend, like, a few, like, I don't know, miles down the road about this match that, like, we're like, dang, this match with freaking, like, Star Junior is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. And it's just, it's nuts that you guys are out there listening to our podcast, you know, overseas and domestically. I mean, we really appreciate it. We're getting, like, a lot more downloads than I ever anticipated or thought we would be yeah (laughs) it's it's wild man And we
0: just wanna thank everybody who's been leaving ratings and reviews. As you know, right now, we have a contest going on. If you leave a rating and review and send it to us, you can email me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com. That's jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y at socialsuplex.com. Email me your rating and review. You'll be entered into our contest to win any wrestling t-shirt of your choice. So, if you are selected as a winner, you can choose a shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees, WWE Shop,
1: whatever wrestling shirt you want and we will get it for you. You can, Conte- get it, you can get it straight from the New Japan store, and we will pay the shipping, Right, the extra shipping to get it all the way from... No, we're not <laughs> Just get it off Pro Wrestling Tees, guys. Yeah, make it easy for us. <laughs> but yeah, the
0: contest goes until January 31st, so you still have some time to get your ratings and reviews in on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. But yeah, do that. Help us out. We help you out. Are those the two places where we can be listened to? Uh, yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Podcast, or excuse me, Google Play um, Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find us now Pretty soon we should be up on Spotify as well, so the network is just
1: booming all over the place. We're the Austin Aries of podcast. Right <laughs> <laughs> We're going over everywhere we go day one. That's right, yeah <laughs>
0: There's a reason why they call us the ace of podcasts.
1: You know, we don't we don't put over enough the fact that we're the ace of podcasts. I freaking love that nickname. It's hilarious. Oh my God. So what are we getting into today? All right, <laughs> so we're gonna be
0: covering Mania Night One. Uh, by the time this podcast drops, uh, night two and night three would have happened. We're gonna cover those on next week's show. So tonight, we're just going to be mainly talking about uh, Fantastica Mania Night 1. Joshua, what's your overall thoughts on the show?
1: I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I expected the show to be fun, and I expected it to be, like, very, you know, good, because they always are every year, but, I mean, they're always kind of like throwaway matches, and it's not anything that you really have to see, but uh, it seemed like those guys went out and kind of put out the extra effort this year, and, I mean... Hey, if Rich Rich Lad is out there listening, this show was made for that guy. Yeah, nothing but flips and, and no, no selling. selling. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this card was awesome. Um, even like, I don't know, where do you want to start? You want to start at the yeah, top? Yeah, start, you start at like, the uh, bottom. Like, we'll start from the bottom and work our way
0: up to the top. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> and uh, I have to admit, this is my first time watching Fantastica Mania. Um, so was your first time watching CMLL? Pretty much. I mean, I've seen these CMLL guys in New Japan before and Ring of Honor shows, but I've never watched a full CMLL show or Fantastica Mania, so...
1: yeah, we're going to mess up and start doing a CMLL podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it Lucha style. Yeah. The Lucha Libre Express. <laughs> I get to name... Yo, I get to name the next podcast. We have another one after this. It's Lucha Base. I'm going to name it. Okay. Something dope. I don't know what, but...
0: Okay, so uh, Fantastica Mania night 1 January 19th opened up with Fuego versus Akamura.
1: So me tonight me and Jeremy we were at Wing House <laughs> <laughs> And we're sitting there and uh Rich was supposed to come watch the show with us but he kind of bailed out cuz he f- said he's feeling sick. Next thing I know I get a text message he's like, "This Fuego Okamura match is raw <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, "I know why it's wrong cuz there's just flips. flips and no selling." But, um, no, um, no, nah, nah, this match was really cool, um, you know, Fuego came out there looking like, uh, Mexican Macho Man Randy Savage riding this, this like, dragon thing, right? dragon, yeah.
0: Puff the magic dragon.
1: Now, one thing I will say before we get started, uh, kind of reviewing the matches, something that did really deter my interest in the show, and I know it affected you as well, uh, Jeremy, is just the freaking copyrights on the music.
0: yeah apparently um, all these CMLL guys use like you know all these copyrighted music that you know New Japan's not allowed to stream on New Japan World so we just get these awkward silences for everybody's entrance.
1: Yo but it's it we're streaming this on delay like just put in some music man.
0: Right at Wrestle Kingdom they did it they, they looped they dubbed in music for those who had copyrighted music so for this show, you think they would do that, Yo. or they would just
1: use New Japan music? Yo, after Kidani was talking about like how they're they're making more money now with the new subscribers and everything, they're gonna be able to bring in new wrestlers. I'm like, nah, man, just freaking put some music over the the dead spots in these shows. It right. pisses me off to no well, end. Uh,
0: um, Jim Johnson's not doing any work for <laughs> WWE anymore, right? How about uh, New Japan hire him and we get some you know original music that uh, they can use for these guys?
1: That would be great, actually. I'm sure it'd be really good <laughs> yeah, right. but um yeah that kept taking me that was the only like real big complaint well at that and the the freaking officiating all night so, like yeah. well new japan's officiating we've touched on it oh my god all time I'm never it's, gonna stop talking about it until until real change is made I want my voice to be heard by new <laughs> japan well hey we either have uh
0: good officiating or good wrestling and I'm I think I'll take the good wrestling over the good officiating I want both man I want both. Uh, I don't think we can live in a world where there is both.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so Fuego and Okamora started. You know, I'm actually... There's some guys on this card that I've seen wrestle at, like, uh, Fantascomania shows. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the foremost expert on Lucha. I'm not Dr. Lucha or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not Dave Meltzer watching, you know, Arena Mexico shows every Friday night or anything. But... Um, you know akamura is a guy that's from all japan i guess originally and he's sort of like the resident like uh japanese talent over there in in mexico and anytime someone comes in from like new japan or you know from from you know the far east they always tag team with him and travel with him so he's kind of like that's his role i guess similar to sort of like what funaki would be in wwe at this point gotcha but um man, this is a for like a little six or seven minute match, this was really good. Right. Yeah, it was a solid opener.
0: Um one of the highlights for me, um Akamora did a um running Tower of London out of the corner. I thought that was cool. Oh, pretty... that was
1: really cool, yeah. The way he just kept running with Adam and just dropped him. Right. Who the Tower of London, is that Nigel? Nigel Genesis, yeah. Yeah. When what, did he do that? When he was in uh, Ring of Ring Honor, he, or was that uh, what was his other name? Uh,
0: Desmond Wolf. Desmond Wolf. I didn't know that. He did the... it in both places. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, too, um, Akamura being a real heel out here, getting heat, slapping his wife. Well, the I don't. I don't even know who she is. I well, wonder uh, is she his wife? According to my notes right
1: here, it says <laughs> it says that that's his wife. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> uh remember back in uh WCW who was it that was like the the guy who was always so knowledgeable uh Mike Tenay the professor? Yeah, Mike Tenay. <laughs> You're like Mike Tenay. Well, according to the research, apparently guys, <laughs> back in Mexico, oh man. No, yeah, so Fuego uh kissed uh Acomora's wife apparently and you know that that classic spot and then he ran up like he was going to going to uh, attack Fuego. Attack Fuego. He slaps her. Yeah, she grabbed Fuego to hold him. He was going to attack Fuego. He moved him out of the way, and he slapped her. Yo, that was the most heelish move. And there was some really heelish stuff on the show. Yeah. And that was the most heelish move of the whole night because that Cork and Hall crowd was like, bah! Like they freaked out, man. Yeah, dude. Um, I, I popped for that for sure. That's something that's.
0: We'll never see something like that in WWE. I, I shouldn't be popping for man on woman violence. Like, <laughs> but you know, it looked like it was a work slap. I don't no, think. No, he hit
1: her hard. Well, I don't know. I'm I don't not know. Sh- I, think, I'm, I think it was a work slap. I don't think. I'm really terrible at, like, te- like I don't know. I, I'm, I buy into the gimmick of guys getting hit so much that I never see. The thigh slaps or anything. Okay. Everyone else seems to see it, and I never see it. Like yeah. I'm like, when is it happening? I don't know. She didn't seem to sell it as if it was a real slap. I don't know. It looked like he really slapped the I crap out of her. <laughs> she was she was selling to me. I don't know. Her face yeah. looked red. Back. I, I don't know. I could just be a mark, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. This was a really, really good like solid match. Uh, some of the high spots that they were doing. I mean, all night. Obviously, everyone's doing crazy high spots. But that was a really good opener. And what well, Akamura beat him with uh, some sort of submission? Right? And uh,
0: no, he did a inverted uh, DDT. Oh yeah, <clears throat> he did, like a flip thing. It, like he like look, he was going for like a scoop slam kind of thing, and turned it into an inverted DDT.
1: Yeah, the one thing I really appreciate—I don't know if that's his finisher or not—but one thing I appreciate about these matches and something you see a lot in Mexico is. They're not always building to a finish, like a finishing move sequence or anything. Sometimes it's just about the guy getting the upper hand and boom, it's over. And it's over just like that. And that's what happened here. Like, this match was getting going really good. And then Akamar caught him. Boom, over. One, two,
0: three. So, yeah, that was a nice little opener, seven-minute match. Um, Then uh, next up on the show, we had um, the Big Cat Memorial match. And it was Dragon Lee, Kawato, Kojima, and Star Jr.
1: against Bushi, Rush, Takahashi, and Naito. So. Who who is who like was that Big Cat's family that was in the ring when they first came out? Yeah, so apparently the woman that was in there that's Big Cat's wife. Is it Big Cat or Wildcat? Or Black Cat, I'm Black Cat. Yeah. Oh man, we're live and everything and you're messing up, man. You're making me look bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, like I say, we're we're new to this Lucha libre stuff.
1: Yeah, actually um, I didn't know I didn't I've never heard of Black Cat to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, neither have I. Um, and we really didn't even know what was happening until we well, looked at the notes.
1: I could see that they were holding up a memorial picture and all that. You know what I mean? So I knew that it somebody had passed at you know to some degree. It looks like he passed away in two thousand six, actually. So it's been a while. And okay, so this was like a hispanic wrestler from mexico who worked primarily in japan apparently okay and he died of a heart attack back in 2006 but from what i'm seeing here yeah like yeah this was you know it looks like from what i'm reading he was in uwa and AAA and new japan and uh he even spent time in wcw maybe that's why he sounds familiar
0: yeah and um, there were some comments from um, his wife. She um, said that every year, she's surprised that it's gotten uh, it's gotten another year longer, this Black Cat Memorial match. She thanks everyone for coming and hopes that next year, all the Mex- Mexican stars will be back again.
1: Gotcha. So they do this annually then. Yeah. That's nice. That's a little feel-good moment there.
0: Definitely. And uh, this
1: match was awesome. Dude, this match was great hilarious like i said something in the group chat where i said i think this is the most fun like naito's had all year and uh
0: james being
1: a douchebag was like man we're 19 days into the (laughs) year what are you talking about dude naito's out there
0: in a hoodie an lij shirt top of the match he jumps the commentator i
1: want to know who that commentator is and why he attacked him so viciously like yeah they beat the crap—I think that's one of the worst, like, beatings I've ever seen a commentator take, like, from wrestlers. Like, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: dude. Naito jumps this man, and then he, he picks him back up, sits him back in the well, announce chair. No, and then- no,
1: no, no. Remember, he, uh, he took one of the young boy's shirts off, or maybe it was Kawado's shirt, and he started choking the dude yeah. straight Justin Roberts, Daniel Bryan style. <laughs> right. And then dragged the man— and then, like, put him back. back in his chair, put the headset back on, and then jumped him again. <laughs> no, no, no. Before he jumped him, the dude got pissed. Oh, yeah. And, like, he, tried, he, fi- he fired up. Yeah. yeah. He tried to fire up like he was going to do something. And Jeremy's like, Is this guy a wrestler? And I was like, I, I don't know. I-, I was like, no, but I don't actually know if that's true. Like, yeah. Could have been. Uh, and then, like, the-, the dude, like, turned around like he was going to go back to his chair and just Naito jump. <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> jump zone. <laughs>
0: Speaking of jump zone, Star Jr. got jump zone Yo. majority of this match. Yo, they
1: killed Star Jr. in this dude, match.
0: Dude, Roosh rips Star Jr.'s mask. Roosh was out here stunting
1: on these like people.
0: like It's crazy. Yeah, he rips the mask, and then LIJ just... Worked Star Jr. over for the majority of this match. I mean, they really
1: ripped his mask. Like,
0: yeah, like tore it off completely. Like he had to get a new mask. They
1: had to bring a new mask on and everything. Uh, and I don't know why. Like something about a guy getting his mask ripped off is so like that's disrespectful. Not only that, but, like, they sell it. Like, they just got beaten to death, but all that happened was their mask got ripped off. Right. But it seems so devastating. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's trying
1: so hard to cover
0: his face. I mean, dude, (laughs) your mask is, like, ripped Clear off, like we're see we saw we're seeing your face. Like- oh,
1: the one point where they where he was on the ground and he had no mask on, and all the lij members just started stomping him, and then they 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 started miming like they're playing soccer, so they're kicking the ball at each other. <laughs> yeah, and then they did the goal, and they all rushed over like, oh, <laughs> bro, those guys were having like the A time blast. of their life. Bro. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, this was a really, of all the multi-man matches, this was probably the best one of the night. Everybody got their stuff in. We saw, like, really great sequences with Bushi and Star Jr. and Dragon Lee. Oh, man, Dra- when the Dragon Lee and Takahashi sequences were going, I was like, oh, man, I want to see these guys right. fight forever, and those
0: man. guys have a storied rivalry from... Um Takahashi's time in CMLL, and then that's rolled over into New Japan with Best of the Super Junior and, and G- Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, yeah. So it's a long rivalry going there. Hopefully, we'll see a, another one of those matches this Dude,
1: year. If if I had my way, every year at Fantastic Mania, the main event would be Takahashi and Dragon Lee. Just like run it back every, every year, fight forever, fight forever. Let's just do this. Both these guys. Both these guys. <laughs> 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 oh my uh, god! Yeah. But yeah, um, some other things like Yo Roosh was. Oh yeah, Roosh and Kojima were just going at it. Yeah. Uh, the sequences. What, what? What does he call his chop? I'm not sure what what it's called. The machine gun chop. I yeah, don't even know. that's what
0: I that's what I usually refer to as like the machine gun chops.
1: And it was just awesome. Uh, obviously, the, those guys have another match coming up um, later on in the tour, so they're building on that. But uh, that was awesome. And then. Yeah, I mean Naito didn't really work too much in this match, but he's just running around like <laughs> being a douche heel yeah. to people, just doing like the most douche. I mean, he wore his do. hoodie for like the whole match. Yeah, until like the very end
0: he had took it off and he's kept the shirt on.
1: The one point where Roosh was getting over on uh Kojima and then he did the uh Tranquilo. Yeah. And then Naito's like, Oh I gotta get in there and, he yeah, did he, it too, yeah. and then like Double Tranquilo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I just sat there watching this match, and I was smiling, like, laughing about how how fun it was. And I looked over at Jeremy, and I was like, I literally never feel this way watching WWE. Like, never. I was like, I never feel this way. Like, right. it's crazy, like, how fun and entertaining wrestling can be when it's done right. Right, Yeah. And so, what kind of ended up happening at the end of this match? Like, obviously, it was a cluster, and everyone was fine, right? Right, you know how Lucha... Well, actually, it's Lucha and New Japan.
0: They're multi-man matches. People just come in and out with no tags. Yeah. It's actually a rule in Lucha Libre that you can do that. In New Japan, I don't know what the rule is. People just do whatever they want.
1: Well, the, the Lucha-style rule in... in- Mexico is that if the legal man leaves the ring, then then anyone else can from the team can come in and they'll be the, the first guy comes in will be don or like deemed the uh, the legal guy. Um, so they weren't really following that rule necessarily. They were yeah. still following tags. That was a little different. Yeah. There's no two out of three falls matches here. Whereas if you watch Arena Mexico or you watch CMLL or AAA, almost all their matches exclusively are. Uh, two out of three falls matches, where these were all one falls. So that was very interesting, especially right. since we had some title matches.
0: Um, so, yeah. So coming to the end of this match, um, L.I.J. isolated the babyfaces, and Bushi ended up in the ring with Kawato, and uh, Bushi locked in the deadly Boston Crab <laughs> and turned it into a single-leg crab. That and, young boy finished. And uh, Kawato
1: tried his best, but... He had a tap. We sat there watching it, too, and I was like, oh, this is going to be it. And Jeremy's like, no, he's not going to tap. He's like, he's got fighting spirit. Which he, he fired up
0: for a little bit and was fighting towards the rope. But then Bushi transitioned to a single leg crab. And then I was like,
1: I told you, it feels good to be right all good. the time.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, you were on the SMC Wrestling Podcast a couple weeks ago for the Wrestle Kingdom Review. And I know Caleb keeps trying to rebrand you as the vigilante and give you a gimmick. <laughs> But if you ever do get a new gimmick besides a young boy, I think it should be like Dr. Uh, Puro or something like that. Because you see, you get all these predictions, you, you have the vision. It's my third eye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so yeah, yeah so, so
0: Kawato taps out. Kowato was this his last show?
1: No, 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 no. He's gonna be on all the shows. Okay, but uh, yeah, obviously we've talked about before. He's going to CMLL to do his excursion after this, so that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and then after the match, because there's a ongoing like feud, mini feud during this tour, Roosh attacked uh Kojima.
0: Yeah, he he hit Kojima's knee with a chair. Yeah. Um, they're going to face each other on Monday's show.
1: Now, if you watched last year, he they did a very similar setup for the match with him and Mystico. And he beat the—oh, I'm sorry, uh, Atlantis. And uh, he beat the mess out of Atlantis with a chair. So this was like almost like playing into what they did last year. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. And so I don't know if maybe it's like— Obviously, like, it's LIJ and it's Roosh, but, you know, Kojima's kind of filling in that, like, old guard role that Atlantis had last year, and right. so. And then also, uh, Naito attacked the announcer again, again. after the match. <laughs> Yo, they they put the <laughs> boots to that dude. Yeah, Naito and Roosh. And then, yeah, then Roosh did it, and then they kept doing the thing where, like, they'd pull the guy off and be like, calm down, calm down, and then turn around <laughs> and do it some more, and then they both did it. And then they both turn around and I was like yo this guy is dying right now oh, and then dude. they were choking they're choking him with the uh Freaking chair. Like, that guy Dude, just it got was murdered. Just so great. I was dying. Like, yeah, I was dying. Yeah, we were I was both popping like, so hard. Yeah, marking we were just, out.
0: Yeah. We were just both marking out here in Strong Style Dojo.
1: I thought that that was at, up to that point. I was like, man, this is later in the night. I asked Jeremy, I was like, what do you think the best match of the night has been? And he was like, I think the LIJ multi man match. And I was like, was it a good match? Or was it just the match we enjoyed the most? Because <laughs> these guys were being such douche heels and like just. <laughs> And just having
0: so much fun You could tell Naito was having a blast
1: All of them, Takahashi, yeah, yeah, Ushi, like, Yeah, it was great And it's always good to see Rushi with these guys I do want to say right now I really, really hope Rushi comes back to New Japan for the G1 Like, I feel like maybe this year he will I just have this strange feeling talking about catching the vision yeah yeah so I I have this prediction based off what we're seeing here especially with his interactions with Kojima because Kojima is going to be in the G1 this year again yeah he's the only like New Japan dad that's still allowed to be in it <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know why because I'd rather see Nagata but whatever
0: but- I don't know I'm more of a Kojima mark than I am for Nagata you like
1: Kojima better than, Noga- than Nagata yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the chops, man. <laughs> you you All-Japan mark. <laughs> but, yeah, I really, really, I mean, Roosh is excellent. and I don't know. I kind of want to see him and uh, Naito go at it. Oh, that would be interesting if they end up in the same block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more down the road. But yeah. uh, mark this day, January nineteenth, 2018, Roosh is going to be in the G1 this year. I, I can almost guarantee it. Alright, next
0: up we had the team of Atlantis, Drone, Mystico 2, and Boldor Jr. taking on Barbar- Barbario Cavanario, Puma, Disturbio, and Ultimo Guerrero.
1: So we got the obligatory Ultimo Guerrero comes in with his mask on and pulls it off because he doesn't wrestle with the mask. And you know, the Japanese crowd goes, Ooh. Ooh, yeah. And then Volador comes in and he doesn't wear a mask either. And he does the same thing as, ah, except they've been doing it every year for like since 2013. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so we got that spot, which is kind of like becoming a tradition on these, uh, mania shows. um, This match was also very good. Uh, I didn't quite enjoy it as the match before. Um, But, I mean, that's just because L.I.J.'s antics are awesome. But for the in-ring action, I mean, these guys, like, Volador and Drone, those are those dudes, bro. And Mystico? Yeah, dude. There was a lot
0: of great offense in this match. Um, Josh, you have been hyping up. Barbario Cavanario to me and he did some awesome spots in this match.
1: Yeah, he did that Uh, that almost like, I don't know what you want to call it, like uh, arm wrench, like suplex. Yeah. Like capture, like fisherman suplex. It was sick, whatever it was. Um, we didn't really get to see him work in this match. The yeah, way-
0: it was very little. He uh, pulled a Sky to Hottie and did a worm at one point in the match. (laughs) Um, He's going to be facing off against uh, Volador Jr. on um,
1: Sunday's show. Yeah. That's going to be for the NWA welterweight. No, the NWA historic welterweight champion. Whatever they call it. The (laughs) world historic NWA championship. I don't know, man. No, uh, something else that Those was... titles are crazy.
0: Yeah. Something else very hilarious to me in this match was Atlantis. Like, pretty much any time the babyfaces went for oh, yeah? a dive, Atlantis was kind of like, nah, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, Atlantis is at this point... I mean, he's been at this point for oh, quite a while now, but, like, he can work if he wants to, but, like, he can't do it every night. So, you, in these multi-man matches, you get very little from him. And, I mean, he looks rough. Like, it's no joke, but on the big on the big show when it's time to go he still can until i'm feeling like who knows we might we, we might see him pull an undertaker here in the next uh, anniversary show or, something <laughs> or so like if that happens again but um uh, yeah i mean bro mystico and volador junior were doing amazing stuff in this match yeah um i don't even know like what to call it. i mean it's just like a bunch of flippy crap
0: <laughs> dude lots of ranas there were slingshot ranas super ranas off the top
1: drama uh, was really impressive too i know yeah. he, he's a lower like mid-card guy apparently from some of the research i've been trying to do uh just so that we could be somewhat you know knowledgeable sounds like you know, what we're talking about on here yeah so we can be like the jim ross equivalent of talking about Cena. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ultimo Guerrero and Puma, like, all these heels, they played their part really well. I mean, this match was kind of hectic. I did feel like it was a little clunky in different parts. But overall, I mean, like, especially Volador, man. Volador's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Volador Jr. is a man. I hope that he's in the best of the Super Juniors this year.
1: Yeah, I was... I, for some reason, I thought Teton was going to be on this card, and when I realized tonight that he wasn't, I was like really disappointed. I was like, man.
0: Yeah, I love Teton.
1: Like we got Volador, we got Dragon Lee. Like we're at Mystico, we're not getting Teton. It kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, I wonder what the deal was there. Who won this match?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So
0: the baby faces Atlantis, where Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at one point, majority of the heels were on the outside. Uh Voldor, Mystico and Drone, they all do uh simultaneous dives while Atlantis Suicita
1: Planchas.
0: Yeah, and then Atlantis he got um Puma in a submission.
1: Yeah, I don't know what he calls it, but I've seen him use it. Uh it's like a uh, it's like the Argentine backbreaker, sort of. Right. But it's his finisher, and I mean, usually in Mexico, when he gets guys in it, they sell it like it's death, and they tap almost immediately. I mean, yeah, the, the tap was
0: very immediate. Yeah. He, he was up in the hole for, like, not very long, a few seconds, in the re- and they called it.
1: It might be also a situation where maybe he can't keep guys in it for too long anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like they might have to tap that fast, like just out of necessity at this point. I don't know. But um yeah, I mean that's like usually in Mexico if Atlantis gets you in that in that hold it, you're done, basically. Uh the his finishing move is called the Atlantita. It's the spinning backbreaker rack, so that's like that's his finisher, yeah. Gotcha. So that was good. Yeah. And then uh, up next, we had the
0: CMLL middleweight title match. The champion, Angel de Oro, against Cuatero. Um, this was another very good match. It was good. Good. It, uh, it wasn't, like, even up... I didn't think
1: it was quite up to the same level. Actually, yeah. Up
0: it up was... Stuff. Well, this match... It was kind of slow in the beginning, to be yeah. honest. And uh, they were working over... I think Quatero was working over Angel de Oro's knee. And then at one point in the match, he just totally forgot that his knee was hurt and started flipping and flopping all over the place. And then towards the end of the match, he started selling the knee again.
1: Yeah, so... Th- th- yeah, you're exactly right. It was funny how, like, he didn't sell the knee. <laughs> like, at first, it was like he got killed on the knee and then he didn't sell the knee at all and then just at the very very end of the match all of a sudden he started selling the knee again like, and I was like what? where would that come from? Right. <laughs> uh, but the crazy thing here was Angel de Oro came in as the world champion uh, and he lost the title to Quotrero um, which <laughs> most people didn't expect like a lot of titles don't change on these uh, Fantastic Mania shows and you know quite frankly these titles don't get defended that often so you don't see a lot of title changes when it, you know, when it comes to, especially when they're abroad. So it was quite, like it was, from what I understand, an upset, and it was kind of surprising to see Cuatro go over. Right, and um, something <clears throat> the title change here also helped um, add
0: some drama to the last two matches, which were also title matches. So the crowd was like, "Oh, we saw a title change. You know, maybe we'll see two more title changes." Hands.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was. Um, something else that i you know that i thought was interesting is if you've ever watched these fantastic mania shows you're probably used to the first two nights being a lot of multi man matches and then the final night being the, the main and usually there's like one singles main event each night But on the final night, you usually get like three title matches or three big matches that are all singles that they've kind of built to over the course of the tour. Whereas on this night, this was the first of three title matches that we got, which is very, very different um, from the way they generally do things. So that's been, I think, and you pointed out uh, when we were talking about it, Jeremy, you were talking about the tag tournament.
0: That's right. They're doing the brothers tag tournament on the last two nights of this tour mm-hmm. and as i mentioned earlier we'll be covering that in next week's episode
1: and on a side note it's very interesting that the middleweight title changed hands on a single fall match because in mexico they generally almost always do two out of three false matches um so i mean especially for a title match well, I wonder if this could be used
0: to set up the rematch where uh, Anhel de Oro can be like, hey, man, you didn't beat me the traditional
1: way. I want my rematch. Yeah, I was telling Jeremy, like, in in Mexico, if they have a singles match, they call it, like, a dash match. And to them, like, that's a gimmick.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> that's crazy to think. Like, over here in the States,
1: two out of three is a gimmick for us. Yeah, so, like, over there, they're like... Oh, we're getting a singles match. One fall, <laughs> like they love it. Yeah, they have
0: a reason to chant "one fall" over there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Uno. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, this match ended up. Quartero, uh, he ended up hitting his finish. So it was a spinning like crucifix power bomb thing.
1: I think the first time, I don't think he spun the first time, but he. It was like the. Uh, what did what did uh, Conan used to call it when he did that in, in back in the day? the Ugh. The mountain plunge or something uh, like the that. Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. That's what it was. That's it. Was basically the Splash Mountain. It was awesome, but the way he did it was like devastating. Looking. Yeah. Um, kind of remind me of like the way Faile throws dudes it's like they're dead for the uh, the bad luck fall. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, that that match was uh the the tail end of it was very very good. Yeah, it picked up towards the end. And then the surprise like victory. The other funny thing too is we were like quattro. What does that mean? Like four. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> I looked it up, and we noticed he had a uh, uh, horseshoes on. You know, on his gear. And then you look it up and it's like a horse thief or like a horse wrangler. But like the colloquial term is someone who's not to be trusted. I was like, oh, so his name means heel. <laughs> so we got heel and then the other guy's name is Angel and he's wearing gold. So it's like, okay, we got heel versus face. <laughs> right.
0: Very, very basic old school wrestling. The heel wears black. The babyface wears bright colors.
1: Yeah. So that was a good match though. And I mean, that was a very, very surprising then uh, after the match, I you could be right. They could be leading to a rematch down the road because uh, on uh grabbed the belt from him and he handed it to him. So there's like almost like a mutual respect. And he, he looked at the belt like longingly and kissed it real quick and then handed it back and right. got out of there. So, uh, you know, hats off to those guys. And that was pretty cool. So we got a title change on this first night. And then uh, we go to the semi-main event and the main event, which were freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. So we have the Mexican welterweight title match. The champion uh, Sobrano Jr., uh, went against a challenger, Sansón.
1: Yeah, apparently this was like the CMLL feud of 2017. Apparently, uh, both of these guys like were breakout stars essentially this past year, from what I understand. And they like there was they do a lot of tournaments in Mexico, especially like this year they did more than they generally do. And there were several times throughout the year where these two guys met in the finals of various tournaments throughout the year. So. You know they both have picked up like titles and they this was kind of like somewhat of a blow off or maybe it's a continuation i don't really know but yeah it was a very good match
0: i mean this was a lot there was a lot of innovative spots in this match a lot of high flying this match was insane yeah
1: i mean it was really insane the uh the The different dives and, like, to the outside, like, this was the first time when we were watching a match where I was like, okay, they're really, business is really picking up right here. Yeah, there was a great spot where uh, Sobonero, he super kicked
0: Sanson to the floor and he hit a, a corkscrew tope. That was
1: awesome. He he hit the uh, corkscrew tope like three or four times in the match. Like, yeah. and every time he did it, I was just blown away. Every single time, like I don't know why. I was like, it, it's like poetry in motion. It's amazing. The like how how many like revolutions that guy gets and how much yeah. air he gets. Um, that w- this was a match that was just like big move after big move after big move and they just kept going for uh, f- like pinfall after pinfall so they're really selling like the desperation
0: yeah Nero did a lot of dives in this match yeah, earlier in the match he did like a Fosbury flop at one point
1: what's a Fosberry flop?
0: <laughs> um, it's the move where they so they jump over the rope and do like a twisting dive it's what Neville oh, yeah, 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 yeah. what Neville does all the time
1: oh that is who does it all the time we were wondering earlier like who does that that yeah. we see it. it's Neville Neville yeah. does it yeah, that, that move is awesome. There's quite a few... What's funny is there's quite a few guys who actually did that on this card, and it's something like in America or in, like, Japan. If you have, like, a signature spot, like, no one else really is allowed to do it. But, like, in CMLL, all these guys, are they're doing it all. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Sanson,
0: he caught a uh, Subbanero with a uh, super powerball off of the ropes for a near fall. Was
1: this the match where you made the WWE comment, or was it the main event?
0: Um... I can't remember, but we can talk about it now. I'll, it might have been this match, but after you know all these high spots, I was like, man, this is what 205 Live should be like. <laughs> you have WWE did a great job hiring like some of the best high flyers in the world,
1: <laughs> but we we get no high fly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing at how ridiculous that statement is because it's so true but never going to happen that it's almost ridiculous to be like this is what 205 live should be like. right i mean you have a guy
0: like grand Metallique who's the, oh my god calls himself the king of the ropes but he has to spend the majority of his matches selling his knee and not flying
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> All yeah. right. But, yeah. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Like, the, you, it was something funny you said to You're like, so we got to see TJP and freaking Grand Metal League work, like, body part matches every week. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, here on uh, Fantastic of Mania, we're seeing how uh, a high-flying show should be done. Dude,
1: these guys... guys, I remember, like, growing up, bro, my idea of, like, the best high-flying match I ever seen was, like, Pillman versus Liger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is still... That match is still incredible, so I'm not knocking it whatsoever. But, like, seeing what those guys were doing in 92 compared to what, like, these guys are doing right now, it's a whole different level of high-flying, like... My God, I was like, dude, how do these, how do these uh, freaking lucha libre guys work like this? I mean, so many dives to the outside, and so many big, like, big spots. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So for the finish of the match, uh,
0: Sobanero caught uh Sanson with a sit-out pile
1: driver that looked pretty nasty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was like a spinning. Like he caught him in midair while they're spinning. Right. And then just dropped him. I mean, people should stop doing that spot. By the way, that's a dangerous move.
0: Yeah, but uh, Sabanero Jr. retains the title. Sobrano. Yes. Sorry, uh, my my Spanish (laughs) is not
1: it's not all that great. Uh, Uh, Mine's uh, not either, but I can walk into like any like little bodega and like order food at least. (laughs) I I know what the I know what food is. You got the blood though.
0: You You got the Spanish blood in you. Um. But yeah. yeah
1: Yeah but Fun fact I failed Spanish too Twice in high school Back to back Like I had suck at Foreign languages <laughs>
0: Yeah man um, but Hopefully both these guys Are back for Best of the Super Juniors Also
1: You know fun fact While we were doing research Because And actually I knew this From a while back But I forgot about it I've had this obsession With trying to Just figure out What's the world title In CMLL
0: <laughs> Well And here's the thing For me like I had no idea, like, what the title scene looked like in CMLL. You didn't know they had this many belts, did you? No, then you, we started doing research before we watched this, and you were telling me about all these historic and NWA and middle middleweight, welterweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight, world champion. I'm like... Yeah, so, let's just, like, take... I thought WWE had too many belts, like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. So, then, like, so, originally, CMLL was, like, the designated... I mean, they're the oldest promotion in, you know, Mexico. And so, at one point, they were the NWA's designated, like... You know, they remember the NWA, and the NWA World Champion would actually go there, just like you would go to All Japan and, you know, Puerto Rico and all that. But... As part of the partnership, they were granted NWA titles because they were one of the only NWA members that actually had weight classes. So they had the NWA light heavyweight title, the NWA middleweight title, the NWA welterweight, the NWA lightweight, all that. So they the NWA titles were their belts for a long time. And then eventually they, they broke off from the NWA And actually, the company was E-M-L-L originally, and then their governing body is C-M-L-L. Technically, they are E-M-L-L, just like New Japan is New Japan, and C-M-L-L is like the I-W-G-P. Yeah, it's the governing body, but over time, it kind of, everyone just started calling it C-M-L-L because, I don't know. It, it, it was too similar and too close. And it was right. easier. It, and they, they kind of go back and forth about which one they are. Sometimes they re- reference themselves as EMLL and sometimes CMLL. Anyways, in the 90s, they broke off. I believe it was the 90s. I could be wrong. But they broke off and formed their own world titles. But then they kept the NWA belts. But the NWA stopped recognizing those belts. So for years, they had the NWA belts for these different weight classes. And then their own world titles but going even further back, they had Mexican national champions who these were belts that were like recognized historically all throughout Mexico when Lucha Libre was more like regional and there was other promotions and stuff, and they were defended you know everywhere. But over time, those Mexican national tiles, at one point they were exclusive to AAA, but then they and actually I think one of them still are. But the majority of them are now in CMLL and they're just defended there. So you've got – the N, you had the NWA titles and then the world titles and then the Mexican national titles. But then uh, back in 2006 – Blue Demon Jr. started NWA Lucha Libre and forced them to give all the NWA belts back. So then they're like, all right, well, we're just going to replace them with these new belts called the NWA World Historic Titles. And so they're like supposed to be the same lineage, but they're really not. And they don't look like... So it's really confusing because they got like three or four. And then they've had other secondary titles. And then they got trios and tag titles. and you know they got like six weight classes yeah so it's just completely It's like boxing
0: yeah it's completely overwhelming
1: to try and keep up with all the titles and champions and then none of them are actually important like <laughs> literally for instance like this belt the the one that uh Soberano holds the mexican welterweight championship in theory it is one of the most it's first off most people don't realize it's the oldest active world title still around today it's from like the 30s basically and it's still going and it it is like extremely important like almost every major star in lucha libre has held it like going back to gory guerrero and you know uh el santo and then like Rey mysterio and conan and like all you know paraguayo and all these different guys el dandy (laughs) like they all held it and then um but now like and it still is important but like you know I don't know the world titles. The titles don't mean as much because in Mexico it's all about when when a blood feud is really boiling you pe- and what draws people and what people turn out to see is hair versus hair, mask versus mask, or mask versus hair, like a bet match. Uh, lucha de espetas—that's what it's all about—and it's kind of weird to me because I'm all about world titles, you know. I'm right? Yeah, we're all about ti- yeah. I mean about the lineage. You want to get the belt and beat everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, AAA used to kind of be like this, but they just were like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to unify some of these belts and have a mega championship. And they've had that for a while, and it works out for them. Yeah. And, like, in CMLL, if you're the world champion, you're like a geek. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was pretty interesting. So then we continue on to our main event. Yes.
0: The uh, CMLL light heavyweight title match. The defending champion, Niebla Roja, against Gran Guerrero.
1: Nice, man. You said that really well.
0: Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I I need to redeem myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so these two guys have also feuded uh, in the past year. And like you said on the previous show, they headlined the anniversary show, which uh, at the time they were both seen as like mid-card guys. And so people found it as to be, like, an underwhelming uh, main event. But it actually ended up being fan- a fantastic match and elevated both guys. And this is the first time I believe that they've actually, like, fought over a title. So, um, you know, Niebla Roja lost his mask, I think, this past September to Gran Guerrero. So this is kind of a chance for him to – is he going to, to – in defending his belt, is he going to lose something again to the same guy who already right. took his mask and identity? Or is he going to, you know, defend his honor and his pride here, in, you know, in Japan? So, this match um, started a little slow, but... Well, I mean, it kind of wasn't completely slow. You it had, wasn't slow. Um, you know, Roja... It he, wasn't like hell de, Ro-
0: de Oro versus Quattrero. Yeah. Um, you know, Roja, he goes for a flip dive, and Guerrero catches him. And power bombs him on the floor.
1: That was a very That was crazy. crazy. When he caught him, that's when I was like, oh, things are... That was, like, first off, really dangerous, and second off, like, awesome.
0: And then we forgot to mention uh, Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero are out here, like Harlem Heat, raising the roof, <laughs> getting the whole uh, Corrigan Hall fans to raise the roof.
1: Yo, that dance, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's gotten that over in... Uh... In, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, Public Enemy back in, like, ECW. Yeah. Like, everyone.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Guerrero was out here getting everybody, raising the roof.
1: This, you know, these were, like, spot fests, I guess, essentially, like, these top two matches. Yeah. But really good ones. <laughs> and uh, something I loved about this match
0: was... Um, They hit big moves and they would go for covers immediately. So you had big move cover, big move cover, big move cover. It gave it a fight feeling. These guys were really trying to win.
1: I like that sometimes better than the big move in WWE or you know in a lot of North American promotions, and then the long sell, and then the cover, the like crawl over to cover, and then the kick out. I'm like, well. Instead, they're just going for the cover, and then they have to sell the fact that, like, God, it didn't work. And I mean, yeah, I'm not saying we don't get that in America, but like, this was hectic. It was like, right. a It
0: was like fast paced. Like, bam, big move, go for the cover. All right, keep that out. Let me try something else. Oh, he reversed yeah. it. Like, I got hit with a big move. Oh, I got to kick out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they were just going back and forth, back and forth. Like, this was a very fast paced uh, match. It was a very similar. Like when we got done watching, I was like, what was better, the Soberano and Sanson match or the? Roja Guerrero match and Jerry's like I don't know <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean yeah, they were both uh, very good matches
1: um, essentially so- like another thing here too is this was another you know world title match because it's for the CMLL light heavyweight championship and now one thing to keep in mind from the way it's been explained to me is that the, the most important title is whoever the biggest star is and which one he's holding at that time. So it is kind of a situation where, you know, the, the title doesn't make guys in, in Mexico. The, the guy makes the belt. But that being said, most people recognize this as being like the premier belt in uh, in CMLL. So that it's kind of interesting that they're headlining the first night with this. And these guys were just really treating it like it was this major prize, the way that they were trying right. to put each other away. They were risking
0: possible. it all in this match.
1: Well, you know what, Guerrero didn't take his shirt off. I feel like that might have been his undoing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take it as seriously. I don't know. He didn't take it seriously. Like he didn't take his
0: shirt off. Yeah, he was pulling Naito. Uh, uh, Jeremy
1: uh, thought he was trying to get his merch over. Yeah, I mean that's that's why you
0: wear your shirt in the match. <laughs> get get the merch over, brother. <laughs> let them know uh,
1: what 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 to buy and where to buy it. Oh my god. Um, so this this match was really really good. I now I'm like now that I've seen it I'm like I've got to see the anniversary show match because I heard it was very very good and this match was really awesome and I mean the the crazy thing that kept happening that was different about this match than any other match was how many times they went to the top turnbuckle and did stuff that I've never actually seen guys right, do.
0: Right. Yeah, so towards the end of the match um, Guerrero got a. Uh, or Roja uh, gets up with Guerrero and hits like a Michi Nohu driver kind of thing off the ropes for a near fall. Uh, excuse me, that was Guerrero that did that. Yeah. Uh, Guerrero hit Roja with that. I guess they call it the Grand Guerrero Special. He did it off the top rope for a near fall. Then uh, Guerrero went back up top, but then Roja reversed and hit, did a double chicken wing slam. Off the ropes.
1: I liked the part where uh, R- 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 Roha like jumped up on the ropes, like he was gonna do a Frankenstein,er and Guerrero caught him and stalled and lifted him up like he's gonna power bomb him, and then still got uh, freaking Frank like Hurricane anyways. Right. That was really cool. What was the thing that he did where it looked um, like he was gonna pile or uh, it looked like he's gonna tombstone him? Uh, yeah, Roja,
0: he set Guerrero up on the top, and he was um, going to... Uh, Bro, it was scary. I don't know what Ger- Roja was going for, but it ended up where Guerrero lawn darted Roja off the top. Like, a jumping lawn dart.
1: I don't even know if I'd... Yeah, I guess it is a lawn dart, like, just into the middle of the ring. But he had him in the like in the tombstone position from the top rope. And I was like, oh, my God. like. Yeah, we thought he was going to do a tombstone from the top. I mean... Deep down in my heart, I probably should have known he wasn't, but at the same time, the way it looked, it was like, God, he's about to do you it. You never know. And then he lifted him up, and it was like, what is he doing? And then he just threw dart in the It was really cool. Um, but yeah, this match, was, how did it, how did this match end? So
0: the finish was the uh, double chicken wing slam off the top.
1: Oh, yeah, so you were mentioning that Michinoku driver. That Michinoku driver, the super Michinoku driver off the top should have been that finish. Yeah. That was... Ingy. That should have been the end. Like, yeah. the, the fact that Roja kicked out of it, like, I'm buying into the kayfabe of it. Like, this guy's superhuman, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how he survived that. Like, he's amazing.
0: <laughs> he was. And then he followed up, hit that double chicken wing slam, and got the pinfall over Gran Guerrero.
1: The only criticism I have about this match was when Soberano and Sanson finished, like, ended, it felt very satisfying. Like, that made sense. This is the end. This one did was still very good, but I was like, when it was finishing, I was like, oh, they should keep going. Like, they're on track to have like, a historic match here, and then it just ended, and it was like 16 minutes. I'm like, dude, they could have gone another four, five, six minutes, and I would have loved it. Yeah, Um, That's my only complaint, is this should have gone a little bit longer, because it was very good. And I, for me, I actually... I'm really torn on it, but I think I prefer... I don't even want to say prefer, but, like, for me, the match tonight's probably the main event, just because the main event style, and they were doing some really crazy stuff. I I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, I think I'm leaning
0: towards the main event, but, I mean, both of those title matches are both... They're about equal. ...very good. Yeah, they're about equal.
1: This Uh, is one of the best, like, top uh, two matches. I mean, um, Kamatachi versus Dragon Lee you know two years ago was a, a near match of the year contender and like four it got four and three quarters so it's not like these are the best matches i've ever seen at fantastica mania but this might be the one of the strongest top halves of a uh mania card i've ever seen put together and it's kind of interesting because there was n- almost no new japan guys tonight yeah I mean, who who was there uh, kojima those, the lij guys kojima and lij and kowato and Kawato, and that was it and that was, they were all in the same match yeah every all the other matches were straight CMLL straight CMLL guys they're letting these dudes rest up for a new beginning I guess yeah
0: I mean cause they have two new beginning shows this month then there's a road two new beginnings in February and a new beginning in Osaka
1: yeah so I mean I don't know what was your thoughts overall just on the card overall I thought it was a solid card from
0: top to bottom a lot of great action. Um, I was very satisfied with the end of the show.
1: I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say like you're a lucha Mar- like or a lucha novice or anything. Obviously, we both ha- have seen lucha libre a lot, but I mean, this was probably like one of the first like full lucha like shows that you've sat through. Like, what were your impressions? I mean, um, like
0: our brother Rich, I can be a mark for flips and dives. And so I definitely enjoyed seeing all the innovative offense and all the dives and flips are very cool. Um, And It makes me more curious to find out uh, more about a lot of these guys. And maybe, who knows, maybe I'll start watching some Arena Mexico. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen. This this was great, but wait till you watch an Arena Mexico show. There's some weird crap see, that no one can explain that when you're watching it, you're like, why are they doing this? Yeah,
0: like, I might pull a Meltzer and just watch uh, watch Arena Mexico every Friday night.
1: Yeah, this is one of the best fan- Mania cards I've seen Like for a single night. Um, I am bummed out that we're not getting to see the Tanahashi and Okada interactions in that six-man they had earlier on the tour, because... Uh, Rich freaking made me think that we, that was on one of these live cards. So I was all stoked about it. And then when I realized it's not getting aired, I'm like, God, like, I want to see the Ace and the Ace go at it again. Yeah, like, you'd think they would air? they would have
0: had um, Okada and Tanahashi on one of these three shows that are going to be aired.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, we already did, like, we ran down the cards, you know, for these next two nights. And we're going to do some more coverage on them. But a couple things just... Uh, taking a look forward after the first night, um, let's see here. So obviously we have the uh, the tag tournament that we talked about that's coming up. Um, the main event though for Sunday night is going to be Volador Jr. versus Barbaro Cavernario. And after the multi man match, Barbaro Cavernario came out and cut a promo on Volador Jr. and said he's going to be the new NWA World Historic Champion. Um, from what I wasn't aware of this but after doing like research apparently like two of the best matches of the entire year in Mexico and in Lucho occurred between these guys last year Uh, specifically I heard the match in June was supposed to be amazing so that makes like those are two guys that I love and I said before this whole when we reviewed it the first time that this is the match I was most looking forward to but now like my anticipation for it has gone from like here to like so like here.
0: Same here. I'm very excited for that
1: match. Also, Dragon Lee, Mystico versus Quartreiro and Sanson is going to be really good. Like, after seeing like all the crap that those dudes did tonight, like, I mean, dude, Quartreiro and Sanson, that's an awesome team. Yeah. Dude. I didn't really realize that they're brothers, but now I'm like, oh man, that like that's going to be a freaking flippy fest right there. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, we've got the other stuff. I mean, they're, they're, they're still building up um, the LIJ versus Kojima and Atlantis and Kuato We're going to get Kushida Sunday night. Uh, Taguchi's going to be in action. Sho and Yo. So, I mean, we're getting... It's some th- more New Japan guys. Exactly. But I think, you know, that Volador Jr. and Barbero-Cabinario match is going to probably be... Be like, the match of the night. It might be match of the entire... Tour. Tour, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. Dragon Lee and Barbero-Cavernero let me down a little bit last year. They had a perfectly fine match, but it wasn't blow-away. But I'm hoping, because I like Volador Jr. a lot, that, that 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 one's really, really good. And then even um, Angel De Oro and Niebla Roja against the Guerreros should also be very good. Yeah. So now that we've seen these guys in action, you've seen De Oro and Roja... And the Guerrero's, and then Dragon League, Mystico, Quattro Sans, and Sanson. what's like? What are you, what are you seeing? Like projecting how that tournament's gonna go? What's your like? What are you excited about? You know, between those two matches? Uh, um, oh, I'm definitely excited about the Voldor
0: Junior title match on Sunday with uh, Barbario. Um, Barbaro. De- Barbaro, excuse me. <laughs> Work on my Spanish, guys. <laughs> um, I think the uh, Guerrero brothers, I can see them being in the finals of this uh, tournament, Um, and I think... um,
1: That probably makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing what all these guys are doing. I mean, um, we saw Drone and Star Jr... Um, that eight man and I think them against Disturbio and Puma should be an interesting matchup
1: yeah those are all guys lower down on the cards from what I understand so them getting to work a bigger show like this and being in the opening match I assume they're going to work probably really really hard to stand out on this you know show yeah and then uh, you know we're going to get Akamura and Sho and Yo against Fuego and Saburano that's probably going to be awesome too yeah.
0: and then uh, Dragon Lee and Mystico um, I exp- I think, yeah, they'll end up facing the Guerreros. So, you you mentioned that prediction also.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was my prediction, but it's not anything, like, crazy. I mean, I just—out of the two face teams, like Niebla, Rohan, Angel, Deoro, I don't see them headlining the final night over Dragon Lee and Mystico. I mean, it's Dragon Lee and Mystico. Those are two big names. Well, I mean, it's not the original Mystico, but, I mean— Everybody knows the gimmick of Mystico. Dragon Lee's very well established in New Japan. And then everyone in Japan knows the, the Guerreros. I mean, that final makes more sense to me. And then I could see, because they're going to have a uh, the losers bracket, you know, go against each other. Yeah. de Deoro and Niebla Roja against Quartoro and Sanson is probably... Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. And I think Dragon Lee, Mystico, and the Guerreros probably tear it up. That, oh, that match yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be great and then is there anything on the last night that like well I think Kojima and Roosh the fact that that's a singles match is very very interesting and uh, I don't know Roosh is awesome man I think he's gonna beat the crap out of Kojima <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's gonna lay the New Japan dad to rest
1: oh we get Liger that night and Tiger Mask oh and obviously it's Kowato's final match in New Japan before that's he leaves. right.
0: he goes on excursion to CMLL
1: him and Atlantis, I'm kind of like, that's, well, him, him, Atlantis against Gato and Barbaro Cabernario. sure, that will probably be, like, a special moment, but I don't know how good of a match that's going to be. Yeah,
0: that's, been. yeah, that's, well, that's in the middle of the car too, so that's, yeah, you're kind of like your
1: break match right there. Yo, look at this. Bushi, Takahashi, and Naito against Drone, Sabrano, and Volador. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that <laughs> match is going to be insane. <laughs> so yeah and then um, you know we haven't seen Taguchi yet but Taguchi usually does this like Egyptian god pyramid he calls himself Pyramid Taguchi and he wears a mask like he's a luchador but he only covers his eyes and then like when people try to pull his mask he does the gimmick like he's getting his mask ripped but here's my thing are we gonna see that or
0: are we gonna see masked horse
1: we're not seeing masked horse ever again (laughs) Horse, was it horse mask
0: no it was mask well the English trend, it was a masked horse oh uh, I don't know but
1: yeah so we're looking forward to this this first night was really good and hopefully the next two nights are just as good um, I'm excited yeah. really really good card
0: yeah same here and um, we'd like to hear what you guys thought about the show
1: If you watched it Because we don't think many of you will
0: Well if you if you didn't watch it I highly recommend you do go watch it And then tweet us at K-I Strong Style And let us know what you thought about this show And now we're going to jump into the news section of our show um, First thing we want to talk about Is the sellout of the new beginning in Osaka You know, on that card, you have Okada defending the title against Sonata, Goto defending the Never title against Evil, and Will Ospreay defending the junior title against Takahashi. That sold out the Eden Arena four weeks in advance. That's probably about uh, 5,200 tickets sold. Um... And so they have been selling out the Etienne Arena regularly. With Okada defending, this was considered pretty much a lock. And um, they sold out the prior four shows in that arena. Yeah. But four weeks in advance would so be a record for the modern era.
1: Yeah, they said it's like the fastest that they've sold it out. I mean, it top to bottom, That's we've talked about it before, but it's an incredible looking card. Especially on one of these... Smaller type, you know, New Japan shows. It's not like Dominion or something like that, you know? So Okada against uh, Sonata, I mean, that match is going to be awesome. And then you're getting Evil and Goto. And then you're getting Hiromu and Osprey. I mean, those are the three main, like, top matches. Plus, I think we're getting the tag match uh, between Chonyo and the Bucks on that same card, right? Uh, no, I believe that's on New Beginning in Sapporo. Night 2 Gotcha Oh but we are getting Yoshihashi against Naito that same night Right And Yeah you're right But still I mean Those top 4 matches I mean that's the most Star studded You know Card of the entire tour Plus, we're going to get to see Yuji Nagata uh, break Kitamura's arm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, I
1: mean, yeah, I'm not surprised that it sold out, but it is, it is like, a, kind of a big deal that it sold out so soon. So, I mean, that's very newsworthy, and it just shows you how, like, coming out of L- was Wrestle Kingdom and the, the incredible 2017 that New Japan had, how they're just riding this wave of momentum right now, essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's awesome. And then, uh, you know, Bill Goldberg, um,
0: he is going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame. But the real big news about Goldberg is that he was in talks with New Japan for a short-term deal. And this was, you know, picked up in The Observer and uh, Sports Illustrated.
1: Yeah, so I woke up. um, When did this break? Was it yesterday? Um, I think it was, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, I wake up early in the morning. I've told you guys before that... uh, Might have been Wednesday, actually. Could have been. Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. But I wake up early in the morning trying to, like, scour the internet for, like, you know... The new like new or like yeah like new Japan related like news for you guys and then I saw this like little snippet in sport I didn't even see it on Observer I saw it in Sports Illustrated and they were like yeah uh, Bill Goldberg was in talks with New Japan before he signed with WWE to do the Hall of Fame and I was like what
0: (laughs) dude yeah when I read that I was mind was blown
1: I I was just like what would he do there. So, I mean, I don't know. Let's... Since we're on the subject, like, what do you think this entailed? What do you think was talked about? I mean, obviously, we're speculating here, but this is kind of, like, some fun, like, fantasy, like...
0: Right. Well, obviously, sort of. he
1: saw the success
0: that Jericho had, and he probably heard about how much money Jericho made, and so he wanted to come in and do the big shows. Um, Apparently, I don't that's what it was going to be for. It's just, like, big show. I don't know if it's to wrestle or big show appearances, but, yeah, like, yeah. The big shows. I mean, if... As far as match wise, I mean, personally, I would like him to go against somebody like Ishii and have like a five minute strong style
1: match. And get murdered by Ishii? Yeah. My God, like this. This is a. This guy's a father, bro. <laughs> he has a family. <laughs> well, you
0: know, they used to say, you know, WCW's where the big boy plays. Nah, New Japan's
1: where the big boys play. Nah, they're not playing, bro. <laughs> Especially Ishii. That dude's not playing. Let's. If you want to book Bill Goldberg a match, put him in with Toriano. <laughs> That's what you do there. Like All protect right. this man. Make him look good. <laughs> Yoshihashi. Uh No, oh my God. You know, what's crazy is, like, uh, I've never watched any of these matches, but Bill Goldberg had five matches in Japan over the years uh, with Japanese promotions, not, like, you know, touring with WWF or something like that. But he, in 2002 and in 2003, he did tours with All Japan. Um, none, the only match that lasted longer than six minutes was in 2003 him and uh, kiji they um teamed against chronic Brian Adams and Brian Clark I'm wow. sure I'm sure that was like a five star classic <laughs> they went they went 18 minutes.
0: Can you imagine oh that? Oh my gosh.
1: In 2003, can you imagine that match? No, I can't. Bro, remember when those guys came to WWF and had that match with uh Undertaker and like Kane? Yes. Oh my. And it was like voted like match, it was one of the worst matches in history. Yeah. So I'm sure this was just gold. He also wrestled I'm Rick- sure uh, Goldberg carried the load in that match, right? Goldberg <laughs> Goldberg squashed Kojima in 4 minutes, bro. Dude. In 2002, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and he this was all in all Japan, and then he also beat Taiyo K in three minutes fifty six minute three fifty six seconds, and then he also wrestled Rick Steiner, and then during a lot of people don't know this, but during his WWE run in two thousand and four, uh, he actually went to Japan and wrestled on at the Saitama Super Center or Super Arena for Hustle One, which was Hustle was like. Hustle was like a Japanese WWE-centric type of wrestling. Gotcha. It was so more more entertainment-based. It was sports entertainment-based, and it was it had wacky storylines, but it was like Japan, so it was weird stuff. But, yeah, he went over there and wrestled for them, and he wrestled uh, Noya Ogawa, who I think is a former like gold medalist, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look more into that. I think okay. Ogawa is like... Yeah, I think Ogawa's like a former, like, Judica. But anyways, yeah, they wrestled in Wrestle 1. I also heard a rumor he was supposed to go over there. I don't know if he was supposed to wrestle McFoley. I think he was supposed to wrestle McFoley in in Hustle. Or maybe it was that he backed out and then McFoley replaced him. But uh, McFoley definitely had a match in, like, 2004 that a lot of people know about in Hustle against uh, Kawada. From, oh, uh, from all Japan
0: I didn't know that
1: yeah and Kawada like kicks it. <laughs> this is like this is like right around the time after like he wrestled Orton yeah like around that same time but gotcha. it, he didn't put on an Orton performance <laughs> he didn't put on what was that backlash I believe so yeah that's awesome yeah man. but yeah so I mean um Goldberg coming to New Japan the thing that I'm like Obviously, guys, we know it's not happening. He signed a deal with WWE. For the Hall of Fame. For the Hall of Fame. And uh, typically that entails like a long-term-ish like deal with other like appearances and exclusivity, stuff like that. But my fear is that, uh, and this sounds crazy, but I'm not saying he would be like the IWGP champion, but I'm scared that they would make him the IWGP champion he would be the one to beat Okada's streak. I don't know, man. Look what they did with Brock in two thousand and like six. Right, big jacked up Gaijin comes in there and just. I mean, I know that like Inoki was in the company back then. It's it's a different time, but still, bro. Like, it's Bill Goldberg, and he's coming from WWF, and he was just their world champion. I don't know, man i i feel like they would put him over oh man that's the last thing i want to think about (laughs) (laughs) so i mean like i guess in a way this is kind of like a blessing in disguise that he's not coming here um but that's really interesting i mean new japan thought it might be worth it to like pay this dude to
0: come wrestle well that just makes you think like who else is gonna try and reach out to new japan and try and get a payday neville
1: neville neville Neville. (laughs)
0: yes hopefully somebody like neville that can please provide a great matchup
1: brian brian i mean yes yes (laughs) oh my god yo can you imagine a bunch of japanese people chanting that
0: oh my gosh it'd be
1: awesome they'd be like but they'd be clapping their hands yes yes Yes. (laughs) be awesome
0: oh man so um last week on the show we mentioned the australia tour um, there are no exact numbers out yet, but the New Japan for, the, for like the pre-purchases. Yeah, but the New but what what we're hearing is the New Japan office is very uh, they were pleasantly surprised with the advances for the Australia tour. And Then this week they um, officially added Kenny Omega, uh, Switchblade, Jay White, uh, Toa Hanare. And pretty much One day after the announcement Of Kenny Omega being on the tour uh, One More than one of the locations was close to being sold out
1: Man's hot The man can always be hot That's right <laughs> <laughs> Bro like that dude's a draw bro
0: Yeah you put Kenny Omega On any show and you're guaranteed to sell out
1: Yeah bro like he's a draw I don't know you think Super Carbon Hunter's gonna sell out um, I think can. I mean, especially if they
0: end up announcing Omega vs. Cody. Or a Yeah.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to be there. I'm excited. I know. But it's going to yeah, be awesome. So that's exciting, you know, that they're really like, they're loading this tour up. Like, we already talked about all the different guys that are going to be on it. Uh, they're bringing their whole A team. It's not like they're just sending like a, a small contingent of like B list guys and a couple like. Headliners like they're all there. Like, if correct me if I'm mistaken, Naito's going Tanahashi and Okada's uh, Okada.
0: Naito's not going to be on the Australia tour because no. he's going to be
1: he's going to be in the U.S. doing his uh, the tour that we talked about. That's right, right. right. But everybody else, all the other, they one. got Okada, they got Omega, they got Tanahashi, right. and pretty much everybody. So it's going to be a great tour. I wonder if they're going to air any of that. On, like, New Japan World or anything. I hope so. I mean, they aired
0: that uh, one match with Okada and Slex. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that they would air this. Oh, man. Um, and then, you know, well, I believe it was last week's show, the show before, we touched on um, Kota Abushi being banned from Budokan Hall. And that's where the G1 finals are going to be held. Right. And um, bringing this back up because there's a little bit more details on it. Um,
1: Tell us what Uncle
0: Dave said. Yeah. So <laughs> Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer um, asked around about the ban still being in effect, and he was told that it should all be worked out. Oh. Yeah.
1: And, so I didn't. I did not know that.
0: Yeah. But uh, he says for for some reason, if it can't be, then he probably wouldn't be able to do the G one this year.
1: That would suck. That would really like that pisses me. Just the thought of like not having Ibushi in. Oh my god, that would suck.
0: Yeah. All right. And I mean, we've talked about this before. Like Ibushi, um, he's never really been in like the final, like the finals or like the final four
1: uh, of the G one. I think he did. Oh yeah. I think he was in the finals against uh, Nakamura. Okay. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, or that might have been the semifinals. But, I mean, he's never really been pushed as a top, top
0: guy because of the whole contract situation. So he probably wouldn't... Well, this year, you know, he's been being pushed more recently. But... So it would be interesting even if he would be considered to be in the finals.
1: I mean, I would... Uh... I don't know. I don't know if he – it's really – G1 is one of those things where everybody thinks they can uh, – <laughs> everyone thinks that they can um, predict it. You know what I mean? And I'm one of the guys who's like, you know what? I might be able to predict who's going to win it. But being able to predict like who's going to be like in the finals, it's so hard to do. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or like to – I actually what I just said doesn't make sense. Picking a winner and projecting a winner—that's one thing. But projecting like how the tournament's gonna play play out, out, yeah. It's like it's like trying to like predict like the the end like the Sweet Sixteen or like the Final Four, like right. um, having like your whole bracket be right and all that. It's really 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 hard, you know. Yeah,
0: I also um, have the exact date of that Ibushi match from Budokan Hall with Kenny Omega. It was actually on my birthday, August eighteenth, twenty twelve. The show had 10,124 fans. Yeah, that, so,
1: that match is supposed to be incredible.
0: Yeah, so look that up, guys. August 18th, DDT show from uh, 2012. Kota, Abushi and Kenny Omega. The match where Abushi gets banned from Budokan Hall from doing the moonsault from uh, the balcony.
1: Okay, and I was wrong. You know what? The Nakamura and Abushi match... Did happen in the G1 climax at, uh, at G1 23, but it was on like the fourth day. I just remember the first time I saw that match thinking that, like, it's so good, bro. Believe it, or it I know you've seen their Wrestle Kingdom match, of course, we all have, and it, it's a classic. This one's a classic, too. And I remember watching it I, and thinking it was a finals, match. Yeah. <laughs> but it's only day four. Uh, that match is awesome. But, yeah, so you, you're probably right. I guess Ibushi never has actually gone to the finals of a of a G1.
0: So, yeah, it would be interesting to see how, if he's going to be able to be in, in it this year
1: and uh, how far he goes. It's actually really interesting, um, you know, that you bring him up. This is something that, that SES Scoops was reporting about the other day regarding Kota mm-hmm. Um This past weekend, he worked shows for uh, Ricky Chow Shoes, Pr- Proud of, Produced Power Hall twenty eighteen and he actually like worked the shows with 102 degree fever. Wow. Yeah. And so they were they, he wrestled at uh, Cork and Hall. He teamed with a uh, Gota Ahashi and Ricky Chaoshu, which why Ricky Chaoshu still working in 2018. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Um, but they defeated uh Daisuke Sakamoto, who I think we're gonna see him at at Wrestle or yeah Wrestlemania which I'm excited about man. oh nice uh Takamishinoku and Tatsumi Fujinami another guy why is Fujinami wrestling in 2018 dude and um they're actually gonna air that show on Samurai TV in Japan but yeah like uh they were talking about like you know Obushi had 102 degree fever and this dude was still doing golden triangles and uh he did the sit, sit out last ride like kinda crazy <laughs> yeah that is really crazy uh- and they said he probably had the flu. Like, so they're like, yeah, it's probably good that a lot of those wrestling fans are wearing those masks. masks yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's, man. like, the, yeah, that dude's crazy. Remember last year when he uh, lit those fireworks off on his chest? Do you see that video? Yes, I did. What was that about? Dude, I, there are so many
0: Ibushi videos <laughs> that come up that I ask myself, what was that about?
1: <laughs> Yo, Rich, what's up with your boy, bro? <laughs> Can you just tell us, bro? We love them, but we just want to understand them. We're not judging. We just want to know. Oh, my God. What other news you got, man?
0: Um, I got the uh, Access TV schedule. So um, this past Friday on January 19th, they aired the uh, Never Gauntlet, uh, the final match of the Never Gauntlet, plus highlights of the other matches. They showed the tag title match with uh, Killer Elite Squad against L.I. or... Yeah, L.I.J., Sonata and Evil, and Suzuki and Goto uh, Hair vs. Hair. Then, Kota Ibushi, Co- Cody vs. Kota Abushi and Tanahashi vs. Jay White will air on January 26th. Omega and Jericho will air on February 2nd. Okada and Naito will air on February 9th. And then, the Key Angles from New Year's Dash will air on February 16th.
1: I keep telling myself that I'm going to watch these access shows, but after watching Wrestle Kingdom twice, I'm like, do I have it in me to sit through and watch these shows? You know, again? Josh,
0: I'm in the same boat. I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're all recorded on my DVR. I'm like I should probably watch these Access shows but, but
1: you're not watching It to watch it because you already enjoyed It twice. twice yeah you're just Watching it to hear someone else different Talk at this point and right. maybe see The only thing that, that the one thing I will Say it's really nice is I wish New Japan I mean we all have Wish lists I wish New Japan World Would get like actual HD Or you know high def Quality because it's coming in I think it's like 720 right now Yeah And you know WWE comes through like crystal freaking clear. That's the one thing when you get to watch New Japan on uh, Access and it's like, you know, high high def. Like on my 4K TV, it's like it's better actually. But then you know you don't get to hear Cyrus. So
0: (laughs) all right, that that's your Access TV schedule for you guys that watch it on Access. Young boy, did you have any
1: other news? Yeah, so I mean there's a couple um, different things to talk about here. Obviously, um, some of the big news that's coming out this past week, uh, Ricochet and War Machine. So, you know, Ricochet is a former IWGP junior heavyweight champion. He's a former Best of Super juniors, uh, you know, tournament winner and War Machine being also two-time IWGP champion and well-known throughout the indies. These guys are indie darlings internationally big part of new japan uh they're both officially gone we knew they were leaving but it is now confirmed they are at the NXT they they arrived at the performance center for WWE this past week so um whether they go to NXT or to the main roster no one's really sure but it's confirmed they are part of the universe <laughs> so that's like that's official which um i don't know what are your thoughts on that
0: um on one hand i'm very excited for those guys i mean wwe regardless of what we think about the product all time they are the pinnacle of the industry and everybody's goal is to get there so i'm happy that they're able to achieve that goal and be able to make more money but on the other hand, I am very worried about how they are going to be booked and used in their WWE tenure.
1: I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, War Machine's War Machine and Ricochet's Ricochet. And these guys are so talented that if they are in NXT, I'm like, yo, NXT's hey. about to be lit for like six months. Here's the thing know? I'm not
0: worried if they are in NXT. Yeah. I'm worried what happens when they're on the main roster.
1: I don't know. I just, there's a part of me where I was like, I never actually feasibly ever thought that, like, Prince Devitt would not get over in any roster. And after seeing what's happening right now, and, you know, wrestling fans can be melodramatic. We see it all the time where guys who are top stars go through lulls, especially in a new environment. But I don't feel like I'm being melodramatic when I say, like, I. I think that things have sucked for Balor since he's been on the main roster almost aside from his initial push yeah. And I'm like, what are they doing with this guy? He's money. Like, you know, he's a top star, and they're kind of, like, wasting him, which sucks. So it does make me ner- after, And then seeing how Nakamura's been handled and then, like, some of the other news coming out, I'm like, is Nakamura even going to be on the WrestleMania card? I know that sounds crazy, but, like, and where will he be? Right now it's, like, it, it's almost starting to look like he's going to be on the freaking, you know,
0: Andre the Battle, Andre the Giant Battle Royal.
1: Exactly, bro. I'm like, please, yo, Nakamura, please come back to Japan. Yo, when he comes back to Japan, it's going to be incredible. Like, that might be the only reason he actually went to WWE is just to get hot so that he can, like cool off take some time and he, then... he's on, see he's on his secret second excursion this is his secret excursion <laughs> speaking since we're talking about WWE so much there was some there was a funny moment tonight where we were sitting there and uh there was a there's a match and a bunch of the young boys were standing around them and I was like Jeremy you ever secretly just want the young boys to rise up and just attack all these fools <laughs> He said like Nexus <laughs> yeah like the Nexus I was like I want them to like rise up like Planet of the Apes <laughs> just freaking like yeah. no Oh, like Caesar is home. Like, oh my God. So, anyways, yeah. So that's um some of the news coming out. Ricochet and War Machine are we will not be seeing them anytime soon gracing the uh, Japanese ring or the Japanese squared circle. They're gone off onto uh, more lucrative pastures. Yeah. <laughs> um, aside from that, let me see here. There was well, this weekend is a pretty jam packed show. Or jam-packed weekend when it comes to um, wrestling, just in general. Obviously, with the Fantastic Mania uh, shows are going on. Caleb Baldwin just uh, messed with me. He said, sup, dog. Sup, Caleb. Shout out <laughs> to <you."> um, <laughs> Love that guy. Anyways, um, but uh, this Friday, which is – oh, that's tonight wow okay so the great muda is in action uh out in california for pcw ultra he's gonna be tag teaming and we talked about this before we're gonna get uh probably like an update and report on you know how this match goes but this is pretty cool because muda hasn't wrestled in north america for a while but he's teaming with pentagon i think they're going up against phoenix and john hennigan okay I i believe so um also, uh, Pete Dunne and Will Ospreay wrestled in IPW this past uh, week. Yeah, we talked about that, that that match was
0: happening last week, but apparently it, they had a double count out.
1: Which we should have probably predicted because almost every like champion versus champion match from the 80s like ended the same way. So it's kind of a, a callback to all those great, like, you know, Harley Race versus Superstar, or, like you know, uh, Ric Flair versus Rick Martel, like, all those great, like, world title versus champion versus champion matches. Yeah, we really haven't
0: seen, like, much reports about the match, star ratings, gifts,
1: videos. Dude, I've been looking. I mean, I've seen stuff on, like, Instagram where fans are posting photos with them and their belts, but, like, and people are saying it was a great match, but this is starting to feel like... The last battle of Atlanta, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be years before we see this thing. Like, I want to see Pete Dunne and Will Ospreay wrestle. Like, what the heck? <laughs>
0: right. Which which promotion? This was IPW. IPW, yeah. Dude, IPW, should have sold this match to the WWE network and New Japan World.
1: The crazy thing is that there's, uh yeah, sell it to both of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and get it on both networks. Yes. <laughs> 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 then you and then double over the like have each. Commentary team like dub over the commentary for it.
1: He's like, I, yeah, they're uh, they're on that finam
0: <laughs> finesse, yeah. What does
1: he say? Uh, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I've con- uh, combined.